Hey everybody, welcome back to Feedback Loop. I'm Jeremy. And I'm Joey. And we talk about music and albums and and stuff adjacent to that a lot of the time. Cause and stuff not adjacent to it, honestly. That's true. We just kind of, we, we do what we want. But mostly the focus is on albums. This week we listened to Eat the Elephant by A Perfect Circle. It is uh, an album that I chose because I fucking love the album and it just, it feels like, it felt like the time. So we, we did it. I uh, have a little bit of an anecdote with this album in that in 2018 when this album released, I went to Rock on the Range, which is a rock and roll metal music festival kind of a deal. And uh, A Perfect Circle played on Friday night, I believe. And then Tool headlined on Sunday night. So uh, both of those are bands that feature the, the vocalist Maynard James Keenan. Uh, and I was like, yeah, like, I don't really care for a perfect circle. I'm kind of a fan of Tool, so, like, I'm excited. And I, I went and I saw a perfect circle on Friday night there on the main stage. And it blew my fucking mind. <laughs> like, it changed completely how I feel about a perfect circle and how I feel about Tool even. Uh, I did end up seeing Tool on Sunday night, because obviously. Yeah. But uh, I think I like A Perfect Circle more than I like Tool now, <gasps> just because of the performance. Like, they, they, Don't get me wrong, they were both great performances, and they were both yeah. great shows. But, I don't know, there was something about, like... Uh, I don't know, I, I guess it was because he played songs from this album, obviously, because that album w- w- had either just come out or was coming out soon or something and I fucking love this album and it just it was just like this kind of like awakening in in me that like man this is really my my thing like this this album nails a certain tone and feeling that I just I feel like isn't replicated in a lot of places and seeing them live and the energy and like I don't know just it, it was good it was a good experience and that's why I love this album so much I think well shit man <laughs> now that I've built it up incredibly we can we can talk about what the album is, but uh, the album art is uh, kind of interesting. There are actually three different ones. I think there's one primary one, which is the one that I'm going to be talking about, which we probably should have cleared up beforehand. I only but, saw one of them as as a beforehand. Like I've only seen one album artwork. I don't know of these other two you speak of. Yeah, no. Well, so they're the album. I think the primary album art and the one that we that you've seen probably, and the one that I'm going to be discussing is the one. Uh, they're all three very similar. They all three feature Maynard James Keenan in like a full white paint all over his his hands that you can see and his wrists and his face and his head and half of his head is shaven and the other half is this black fading to to a grayish white hair. Uh, there are three variants of this album and one of which is he's completely bald, one of which he is completely haired. And then there's the the primary one, which is half and half. Does that so, mean something? It has I don't know. to mean something. It's Maynard. I, I, I have no idea. Everything means something with Maynard. But uh, yeah, so the one I'm talking about, he's half and half. It's half shaven. I guess he's not actually shaven if there's a variant of this that's pretty much identical, but he has full hair, so I'm assuming it's Photoshop work yeah. or something. Uh, or maybe he just took three pictures of himself in the same thing. Also, the blood dripping out of his mouth is different. I haven't even addressed what's happening in this picture. <laughs> I just realized that. So uh, <laughs> on this album is Maynard James Keenan holding some octopus heart creature thing. It, it looks like it's a heart with tentacles. It looks kind of like a, an octopus or a squid, but also like a beating heart. You can see veins going up like the, I guess, the head 
of the octopus and it has blue and red tentacles which have significance later in the album i think um he also has some some colored juice or blood dripping out of each corner of his mouth some blue on one side and red on the other his eyes also have blue and red paint there's there's a lot of like contrast and focus pulled to the blue and red on this because everything else is black and white like i said he's painted up with full white like face paint all over his head his ears his hands he's wearing this black um i don't really know what to call that i don't know fashion uh (laughs) but but kind of like a a jacket kind of like a long-sleeved uh it's like the know. suit jacket that buttons all the way onto one side. Like the buttons aren't down the middle, right? At all. Like I don't know. It's like a it's like a fancy like New Yorker jacket kind of yeah. thing. Yeah, but also like a suit. Uh, and down the right side of or down the right sleeve, I should say, of his suit is like suction cups pattern that kind of like wraps around his wrist. So it it, it evokes that of an octopus suction cup kind of tentacle thing so tentacles dripping blood blue and red black and white there's a lot there just go go google it. i don't know why we describe this stuff every week <laughs> just go google it and you'll understand what we're talking about no but the whole point of this is we're supposed to describe everything so perfectly that they don't even have to listen to it or look at the album and they can just entirely form their opinion based off of what we say <laughs> You know, I like the sound of that, but I also hate the sound of that because I want people to listen to these albums. Yeah, I, I, I don't want to just like describe these albums to people and then be like, "Yeah, that's I like that. That's a good album." Yeah, having never heard the album, <laughs> or no, I hate that having never heard the album. We are uh, trying to create a whole force of like fanboys who are just mindlessly following people. That's what we're Shh, trying. Don't tell to them. Do. We're recruiting an army for the, for the end times. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so so that's the album art. That's that's everything. Joey, take take us away. I I know we we've we've been kind of stalling. I've been stalling a lot, even just before starting this <laughs> recording, uh, trying not to address the elephant. But uh, maybe, maybe you can just dive in and, and eat the elephant in the room. Okay, I will eat the elephant one bite at a time. Uh, I'm going to start off though before I even describe this song and let you know. I like Tool. I'm yeah. not like one of those people that's crazy about them or anything. I yeah. don't like. You sound I'm like not... you're about in the place that I was yeah. in 2018. I have heard a few songs by Pussifer. Is that how you say the name of his other band? I believe so. That's how I've always said it, but I don't know. I've heard a few songs by them and didn't care too much for it. So I just never really looked too much into a perfect circle. Mm hmm. So, so with that that interesting context of not really knowing where you stand, how how does this song strike you? The song this is called song, "Eat the Elephant," by the way. The song is not at all what I was expecting. It starts off with like a big, heavy, like organ, piano, or something. Yeah. But instantly, I liked it. Like Good. I liked the sound of it. I like his voice. His voice over yes. almost everything else. I like it. And it's weird because his voice is something that I don't like about Pussifer, and it's something that I don't really care too much about in Tool. Right. The music is really what I like Tool for. I like his voice a lot. It's so smooth. It's so, like, haunting, I guess would be the word to yeah. say. And there's not a lot going on behind him. Like, it's at least at the beginning of this song and starting off, it's just like piano and drums and him singing. 
mm-hmm. and it's just I don't know it it kind it's, of it's fantastic yeah it I, was like... I, I'm just excited I'm ecstatic right now that you're <laughs> that you're expressing the same thing because I fucking like I love everything you've said and and more like obviously I'm a drum guy like the yeah. sound of the drums it's kind of like this this jazzy kind of thing there there's a nice kick sound there's a good ride cymbal which i've gushed about ride cymbals before yeah the snare everything just like oh and the piano it's dark and it's elegant and it, i just love, i love it and his voice like you said his voice is a big part of this album mm-hmm. and i i'm right there with you with like tool it's like eh, i'm not there for for his vo- his vocal performances but this album fucking like zeroes it in and there's just something about it and how he performs it. And it's just, it's, it's amazing. Yeah. Like I had always heard stuff about Maynard being like this great, powerful vocalist. And I mean, I'm not going to say that he, you can't hear that in tool. Right. Because you definitely can, but this just hits me more. It's more. I he has guess, more space. Yeah. To, to like kind of, to not really show off, but to like, it, it, there's definitely a focus that is being pulled by his vocals. Whereas in tool, it's more about the band or more about the music. And actually I think I could be mistaken, but I feel like he has said in regards to tool music that he actually like tunes his, his vocals out of a lot, or he, he like, he expects it to be drowned out yeah. by the music because he doesn't want his vocals specifically to be like pulling focus on, on the music of tool where this is kind of the opposite. Well, then that's probably why he started this. He was like, if I'm pulling my vocals out of Tool, I got to put them all into this. <laughs> yeah, and I can't speak for, to be clear, I can't speak for other A Perfect Circle albums. I haven't actually listened to a lot of them. Yeah. Um, I've listened to a few songs by A Perfect Circle previously, but I still haven't gone back to listen to those albums. I know it's been two years. I've had time. I just haven't done it. It's, it's just hard when there's so much other music to listen to, and you that's know true. you like this. So it's like, eh. I got this. I don't. What, what do I need anything else for, right? Yeah, exactly. You, you don't. Uh, lyrically, the song's kind of like uh, just it's it's pretty simple, I guess. It's about taking the first step towards your goals. He addresses the the elephant in the room, which is kind of the theme of the album, I think, of yeah. how difficult it is to take the first step and not really knowing what the end result's going to look like, and it's it's as he puts it, ominous and daunting, but you have to do it or you're going to live in regret and, and never know. Yeah. That's, I had never even honestly put together the whole elephant in the room thing, because there are a lot of huge issues talked about on this album. When yeah. I like, I think we came to the same thing in like a roundabout way because I thought of like, I don't know. I don't know if it's a riddle or just like a saying, but people are like, how do you eat an elephant? one bite at a time because it's like this impossible task yeah where but then you're like you just start with you just start small and you just keep going one step at a time one bite at a time <laughs> also maybe maybe don't try to eat a whole elephant you know yeah, it's not... you probably shouldn't especially because i don't know eat the elephant like for some reason i just picture the elephant being alive and yeah sh- shouldn't eat living elephants because they'll shouldn't probably eat kill living you anything really i don't think not, yeah, probably not. That probably wouldn't be good. <laughs> it's probably not, like, nice. Yeah, but I mean, we as a society have become pretty, like, disillusioned with the the whole idea of eating animals, and it's... it's yeah. I mean, I eat animals, dead ones, but what's keeping me from eating a live one? I don't know. 
the living part, I guess. The living part? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> a dead animal is just a living animal without the living part. <laughs> I don't well, know what I'm trying to say here. Okay, Talison. <laughs> yeah, life needs things to live. Uh, track two is Disillusioned. And this song live, holy shit. I think okay. this is I think this is the song that did it. This is the song that sold me on this album. Mm-hmm. And I think this is the song that, that flipped that switch in my mind. Because seeing the song live was incredible. Listening to the song on the album is incredible. Yeah. I just I, I want to hear you describe it to see because I wrote a lot of notes for this song. Holy but, shit. Uh, I just I just wanna I love this fucking song. Okay. So all that stuff I said about this album, like I really like Maynard's voice and this album, I went into it not really caring about tool too much and not liking Pussifer and was just like, I really like this album. I was just blown away by this album. This is the song in which I wrote all that stuff and had that kind of thought on originally because I don't know, like the first chorus in this so the song kind of leads up to this first chorus through i guess it's like a little intro first verse and Mm -hmm. it's it's kind of on the slower side but i don't know it's not overtly rock kind of like i was expecting this whole album to be i kind of thought the first song was just kind of an intro right to it and it was going to build up and it it didn't, so I was kind of caught off guard by that. Right. But the way that all of the music just kind of drops out in that first chorus. Yeah. And it's just him singing. Like, it took me into a completely different headspace as I was listening to this album. It's like, I was talking last week with the Death Heaven album about how I really, really like whenever bands play with just silence mm-hmm. and stuff like that whenever during their songs and this is like the perfect example of that because it's just like you're listening to a song and then all of a sudden just everything disappears and it's just him it's just a little bit of like background piano behind him yeah and you are instantly just transported to a different place to the point that whenever the re- the song comes back after that you feel like you're just thrust back into that other space yeah. and you're just like, where, where was I? What just happened? <laughs> yeah. And, and he like, I don't know. Like you said, it's, it's not quite Rocky. It's kind of like psychedelic at the beginning and spacey. Yeah. And then it just, it drops and it's just him singing. And then when it comes back in it, it like, I don't know. It, there's like the drums building and the guitars and it, it almost sounds sinister when it all yeah. comes back in. And he's like chanting on dopamine or, yeah. or something like that. And it's just like, and then it goes back into the, the, the song that was kind of playing. And like you said, it's, it's like you've, you've been transported between <laughs> two different things. Uh, I did also note the drum pattern in the, like the second bridge section or the, the second like transitional section has this very like when the levee breaks feel to it. And I fucking oh love God. it. It's so <sighs> good. And I, I just can't help but bob my head to it. Yeah, I wrote a lot more notes on the music. I'm not going to go into it because it'll take me like 10 minutes to get through it all. Oh, um, come on. I'll just say the song was very groovy. That's yeah. Like it had not groovy in the sense like disco groovy, but like it had quite a bit of groove to it. When the levee breaks, that comparison. Fucking spot on, dude. I love that yeah. song. I love this song. <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking great. Uh, I, I broke down 
a large portion of the lyrics. I don't, I don't even, maybe a large portion is not fair. I broke down the chorus of it and uh, the song is talking about our kind of like smartphone driven society mm-hmm. and, and how we have given into this constant desire to be distracted by anything shiny. We, we spend more time staring at our phones, both trying to impress others and being impressed by others that we ironically don't really connect with anything despite being more connected to everyone with just like a, a flick of a wrist, yeah. the click of a button, you have this instant access with everything. Um, but just the chorus is so well-written. I love it. He, he says, time to put the silicone obsession down, take a look around, find a way in the silence, lie supine with your back on the ground or back to the ground, dis and reconnect to the resonance now, which is like him telling you like, Hey, put your fucking phone down, reassess where you are in real life, clear yourself of all these distractions and get your bearings on reality. And then he goes on and he says, you were never an island, meaning, you know, you're not alone. Yeah. You don't need to live vicariously through other people online. You're a real person. <laughs> you're, you're not isolated. And then he finishes it up by saying, unique, voice among the many, in this choir, tuning into each other, lift all higher. And that really, like, the way he says it and delivers it, it really, like, speaks to me. And, and it's like... He's saying you're unique as an individual. You have a specific role to play in the life of yourself and in the lives of everyone around you. You're a voice in the choir, like he says. Each individual member has their purpose, and by finding your voice, you can contribute to society. And if everyone does that and makes genuine connections with each other, then we as a society can achieve incredible things. I just fucking love it. Well, shit, man. I had literally... (laughs) I didn't do the whole chorus, but I did from the You Are an Island part mm-hmm. on, because that part just hit me. Yeah, it's so in, good. In a way, because it's true. Like, I don't know. Whenever you're out there and you see all these people who are supposed to be connecting, and I know this is this is almost a cliche at this point to talk about this, because it has been done to death that, oh, yeah. social social media is making us less social like but it's so true whenever you see all these people and they're taking pictures of themselves in these crowded places but all the focus is on them right to the point where it seems like they are they are literally an island they are in a sea of reality but they have created this own this little island of fakeness or representation whatever they want the world to see them as and you feel that way too whenever you are out there in this landscape of social media and you are just one account bouncing off one account and you're trying your hardest to be unique but the best way that you can use your uniqueness is to not engage with any of that but to back out into the real world and join the world at like the people are so caught up in wanting to be their own thing that they don't need anybody else they don't whatever whatever but the best way that you can truly utilize your uniqueness is to compliment other people with it like yeah that is i don't know that's the best way to be a society to be a a commune of people together (laughs) trying to make the world better yeah i agree i this is kind of off topic, but the song makes me think of a Bo Burnham speech that he gave during his Make Happy. Have you seen Make Happy by Bo Burnham? 
I have not. Okay. I'm, I'm going to recite this. Uh, I, I didn't quote the full thing. It's a pretty long speech, but he gets pretty fucking real during that, that, uh, what are they, what do they call comedy specials? It, yeah. it was a Netflix thing. It was, it was a live performance that, that was recorded, but, uh, at some point in it, he says, they say it's like the me generation. It's not the arrogance is taught or it was cultivated. It's self-conscious. It's conscious of self social media. It's just the market's answer to a generation that demanded to perform. So the market said here, perform, perform everything to each other all the time for no reason. It's prison. It's horrific. It's performer and audience melded together. What do we want more than to lie in our bed at the end of the day and just watch our life as a satisfied audience member? I know very little about anything, but what I do know is that if you can live your life without an audience, you should do it. And it, it very much gives the same vibes as yeah. I, I think what Maynard's doing, which is kind of ironic because he's a comedian and he's giving this like very meaningful and like well thought out speech about how he shouldn't be living with an audience, but he's literally giving that to an audience kind of a thing. But uh, I don't know that that part in his show always speaks to me. And like I said, this part in the song always speaks to me in, in a very important way. And here we are just making a podcast, but we don't have an audience though. <laughs> exactly. We're doing this for us. Boom. It's fine. We figured it out, man. Yeah. I, I don't want to be a contrarian or anything, but I, th- I think we're different. I'm dip. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I was actually about to make that same <laughs> segue, but you know, segue. What are you talking about? I'm being a contrarian by pointing out whenever you're, you're making the funny ha-has over here. <laughs> that's not my job. That's Bo Burnham's job. That, that is true. Man, he's he's a good comedian, though. Like, I feel like he's not just a comedian. And I feel like if more people like that were I kind of pushed to the forefront, then maybe uh, maybe people would be more a little more self-aware. Not, <laughs> yeah. to, get, not to get too real. Yeah, this I mean, is you did. Real time. <laughs> you did. It's fine. We can be too real. We can pull it back with the jokes. It's fine. <laughs> totally, totally, like not really. Go, go watch "Make Happy" by Bo Burnham. Uh, everyone that's, that's in there, it's 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 a funny show. He's a really funny guy, but he also makes very clear and very good points at certain points in, in the show. Uh, but yeah, the Contrarian track number three. Boom. Take, t- take it away, Joey. Okay, so this one it starts out with like. I don't know. Isn't like an electric harp or something? Some sort yeah, it, of... it kind of like sounded like a lute. <laughs> yeah, like, like some lute. old medieval kind of like string instrument. Yeah, and then there's just like I don't know. There's some sort of like electronic sounds going over it, so it sounds very like old and new mixed together type yeah. thing. But boy, does Maynard like enunciate every <laughs> single syllable of what he says in the song. Not saying I don't like it, but it's just like. Yeah. It is, I don't know. He sounds like he's like reading Shakespeare or something. <laughs> For sure. I, I, and he like to, to lend itself to that. Like, I, I guess we're, we're going to go and jump in, into lyrics here, but he like, he paints very good imagery. I think in the song specifically, I, I like his chorus. He says, uh, and, and, and the way he delivers, like, like this magician's yeah. of tongue and, in hand. Yeah. Uh, but but I really like he says as warm and calculated as heroin, beware the contrarian. And it's just like damn, that's clever yeah. and it's yeah. good and it's accurate and it's 
it's fascinating to me. Especially when you know what he's talking about. I don't. I know he's talking about politicians. I don't. He doesn't name names or anything. But, <laughs> but given the fact that this was written in 2018, now I'm not going to say anything regarding Maynard's political views because I don't know them. And I, yeah, he's pretty anti-government. I think. Yeah, that's. A, I think he's just anti all of it. Like right. <laughs> He I, he kind of just does his own thing. Like he, he yeah, made it. That's out. kind of that's kind of a theme in this album that's not necessarily in the forefront of a lot. In this song it definitely is. Mm-hmm. But uh it, I think it comes back up later as well. That he's just like he he's done with it. And I didn't even like I put no thought into that last week when I picked this album. Uh for oh, yeah. for those in America, this past week was was our election counting and and the ballots and stuff so we we had a new president uh so it was kind of this weird like coincidental that we're listening to this album that has some political context in it during a very political time and a very charged political time extremely uh, charged in in america but uh yeah i don't know i I really like the song the like you said the way he enunciates things and in his voice it just like i don't know it sounds good yeah like i don't know just i feel like there's somebody that could pull it off it's him because of the way he writes lyrics. Right. Like, I I'm I definitely meant it when I said he sounds like he's reading Shakespeare because not only does the way he's reading it sound like it every word he's saying, like Hello he lied, like Velvet this magician's sleight of tongue and hand, hello he lied, beware, belie his smile. Like who who else is going to write lyrics about <laughs> a silver tongued lying cheating politician like that like right that's yeah just... it, it, everyone but uh within everyone a scale of voice everyone but him core is black as pitch like nope nobody says that yeah yeah but i like it i like it when he says it yeah exactly he, he says those things <laughs> and uh yeah yeah and overall like like we said the song's kind of like talking about someone very charismatic and calculated and very good at manipulating people mm-hmm. and tying us back to the album art a little bit. I think the blue and the red theme of the octopus slash squid slash heart creature and the dripping blood and the eye, cu- the eye paint and stuff is kind of pointing towards America's two party system. Yeah. Ma- making the song kind of about how corrupt our politicians are. No wonder he's anti-government. Yeah. He doesn't think very highly of them. <laughs> <laughs> We're all doomed. We're all the doomed. Oh shit! Boom! That's, that's track number four, people. That's track. I don't. Number four. I, I don't know how whispers come through. I, I, I don't edit this or anything. But uh, track four is the doomed. I can't believe you don't edit this, Jeremy. <laughs> I can't. Believe I you. do. It was a joke. It was a guffaw. A good old knee slapper. <laughs> uh, the doomed has some like it starts with this this like live studio drums that aren't really like mic'd up with some like ambient horns or synths or something. And you kind of hear someone take a deep breath or like they're holding their breath or they gasp right before the drums come in with this fully mic'd up Tom punchy. Like it's, it's so good the way the song starts. Yeah. And it, there's like a, a single note that's being plucked over like repeatedly very quickly. Like a oh yeah. That bass. It's, it, it's just like, Oh, it's so good. And then he says like, when he says like, good luck, you're on your own this boisterous orchestra kind of kicks in and it has so much energy in it. I feel like I'm prepping for war. Yeah. And then it gets delicate and there's some like super high, like glockenspiel notes and some soft piano when he's talking about the meek and the morning and the merciful. 
and it kind of like paints this dichotomy between warmongers and the innocents affected by war. And I don't know, it's just so good. And then it builds up again when he, when he's talking about when he, he does the soft part again. Uh, and he said, he ends it with by saying the decent and then it just gets destroyed by again, these big toms and this orchestra and this guitar. And I love it. And the way he howls at the end, like, man, he's such a good vocalist and this album shows it. Yeah. Especially like, Oh my God, there is no better way to describe. I don't know how political I'm supposed to get here. <laughs> get as political as you want. I don't okay. care. There is no better way to describe U.S. politics than fuck the doomed you're on your own. Like, that is, <laughs> yeah. That is literally like, I am able to recognize that I have lived my life in, in a place with people that have been very good support for me and that I mm-hmm. am lucky to be in the situation that I'm in. Yeah right now but it is oh my god like so much just oh yeah well you know what fuck you i got mine like that is literally yeah. that that is <laughs> that's just, america that is uh, but <laughs> and i don't i'm just going to go for it like yeah what whatever so uh, this whole song seems to be i tried to do less looking up exactly what other mm-hmm. people have said about the lyrics and stuff. But right. So given my background coming from a Catholic school and going to church a lot, this song is like almost the exact opposite of, I think it was Jesus's the, the, the sermon, sermon on the on mountain. The yeah. Ser- yeah okay sermon on the mount not i was gonna say sermon on the mountain but it was like the exact opposite where he's saying blessed are the fornicates may we bend down to be their whores blessed are the rich maybe may we labor deliver them more that line right there is literally just the lower yeah. class like the not the <laughs> lower class i know the lower class there we're trying they're trying to, to fight back but there's so many people that it seems like in the lower cast are just like bootlickers of the billionaires who are just like yes right. keep working me down to the bone and trumps of workers <laughs> hey so i, I didn't i didn't i didn't say it but i'm not i'm not ashamed to say it i don't give a fuck if, yeah. if like fuck trump i i don't i don't know if that's a, a politically correct thing to say no it it's, is it's good for our brand fuck it like Dude. if you voted for Trump, I don't fucking care. The fuck out of here. I'll just say it. That's not that's not fair. That's charged. That's I, that's I feel sorry that you believe that Trump was trying to help you. That's the thing that I don't get though, is how can you how can you think that? <laughs> In what universe unless you're already I mean at the it's top. it's brainwashing, right? Yeah. We're we're not gonna get too far into this, yeah, but okay. it, it's like I don't know. The same thing happens with religion and that's people yeah have been raised in an area and an environment in which something is fact that isn't actually fact. Yeah. Something it, it's not an easy habit to break. Yeah. And it's not like, I don't know. It's, it's so easy to have these things ingrained in you yeah. and not, not doubt them because like, no, it's just the way it is. Like, yeah, gravity's gravity exists. It's real. There's no reason I would question that kind of a thing. Yeah. But I don't know. I think it just, it, it all kind of ties back to your environment. And I think you make a good point about like comparing it to religion because I think that, I mean that not even, I think that is just what he's doing here. He's delivering yeah. this, I guess, take on political P 
people in a religious context because another thing that's wrong with the U.S. government is it is so ingrained in not just religion, but one religion. And yeah. uh, it's it's to the point where if you don't hold that religion's values, you're at a steep disadvantage in this right. in this country yeah and and like even even if you're not uh, in a religious minority if you're just in in like you know a skin color minority there's this overwhelming sense of like oh you can pull yourself up by your bootstraps and, and it'll be fine but that's not the way it works because the system was built to keep those people down yeah and that's kind of like what the song is is poking fun at it's it's kind of satirizing like you said the sermon on the mount which Jesus praises the meek and the humble is blessed. Maynard kind of does the opposite for ironic effect. Uh, and he, he touts that there's a newbie attitude, which is good luck. You're on your own. And that's, that's the sentiment in this nation is like, Oh, like if, if I can get up here and if I can make something with my life, then why can't all these black people living in ghettos, like make their own way out of that shit? Like, no, <laughs> the system's against them. You You're a white man with a small loan of a million dollars. Exactly. It's fucked up and I hate it. And Maynard clearly hates it. And he, he's kind of calling it out here. Well, good on you, Maynard. Keep, keep making your wine or whatever you're Does doing. Does he make wine? He I'm probably makes sure. wine. I think he like owns an orchard and he makes wine or something. That, that sounds right. Keep Wait, it's not it. an orchard. It's a vineyard. vineyard. Orchard. It's an orchard. He, makes, for apples, he right? makes apple wine. <laughs> Don't I question mean, me. That's a thing, I think. It's yeah, like, you can, I mean, you can make anything into wine if you try. It's true. Enough. Just let, let it ferment long enough, and it'll it'll be a juicy alcoholic beverage. Yep, and you know what goes with what Jesus said. <laughs> whenever he. <laughs> <laughs> no, come on! I want to hear it. I want to hear it. You know what the people that were listening to Jesus said whenever they he finally just left stop talking and let them go back to their lives they were all just like so long and thanks for all the fish <clears throat> oh is that is that where you were going with that track yeah. number five is so long and thanks for all the fish that's exactly where i was going where do you think i was going with it i checked <laughs> there <laughs> that's exactly where i thought you were going with it uh but yeah so long and thanks for all the fish it's it's this one kind of stands out on the album, but not necessarily in a good way, in my opinion. I don't hate it. Yeah. I just want to be clear. This song had, sounds pretty poppy, though. Like, Yeah, it's... it sounds like it, this poppy indie rock song. It's got some like fuzzy lead guitar. It's got like a pounding kick. It just straight up sounds like it's not on this. It shouldn't be on this album, yeah. musically, at the very least. There's still kind of this slight sense of impending doom with the guitar, but it's mostly a bright track kind of contrasting the dark tones of most of the rest of the album. Man, like, I guess, I don't know. My reasoning, whenever I think about why it sounds poppier, which I mean, not pop, pop's not a bad thing. Like, yeah. I'm saying this, like, I can't believe he made this pop sounding song because it's well, not. I mean, it's it's Maynard James Keenan, and this this album, for uh, at least up until this point, has been nothing like this. Yeah, that's yeah. But I, I'm guessing he did it because. It's once again a commentary on today's society, mm-hmm. and uh, it's also, in a way, a farewell song to many major celebrities, just pop- popular people right. who seem to have passed away around <laughs> the time that he was writing the song, like Gene Wilder, these references, now Willy Wonka, Major Tom, Ali, and Leah, I'm 
Gene Wilder, David Joey, Bowie. Joe, you're killing me. Why? It's Leia. Leia? Leia? Oops. Leia. Leia. It's Princess Leia. You fucking uncultured swine. I'm not a Star Wars guy, Yeah, Jared. I know. We discussed this, and I'm still pissed about it. <laughs> I'm Lord Anyways. of the Rings over here, man. Fuck I live me. in stuff that could be real. <laughs> Elves could be real. Elves could be real. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay, Joey. But yeah, like I said, he, he kind of like... I, I didn't mean to interrupt you. I mean, I did mean to interrupt you. But yeah, I, I you, wanna, you should. I don't want to derail it. You know I'd interrupt you if you got something wrong from like, the Elder Scrolls lore or <laughs> Lord of the yeah. Rings. Vives? Vives? Is that how you... Don't even mess with me, Jeremy. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I don't know. It, uh, I don't know if you realize the title is A Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy reference. No. Uh, oh, really? I've never read it. <clears throat> well, so <laughs> in the book and, and I guess probably in the movie, I, I don't think I've seen the movie. Um, but the, the dolphins leave the planet and he makes reference to that in the song as well. He mentions the dolphins, uh, moving on or whatever, but, uh, in the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, the dolphins just leave earth. They just straight up leave. They're like, no, like this place is fucked. But like, how? We're, we're leaving. I mean, don't, take me with you, but how? <laughs> it's, it's, it's a, it's a comedy story. Don't, don't look too much into it. They left the earth because they could tell it was doomed to be destroyed to make way for an intergalactic space bypass highway thing. So they're just like, nah, we're gone. So long. Thanks for all the fish. Which is uh, where the, the title comes from. Oh, I got you. Okay. Well, yeah, that explains the title then. I kind of thought it was like a, I literally, like the way I segued it, I kind of thought that's how he named it is like, Jesus just made all this fish for these people. And they were like, yeah, cool story, bro. But thanks for feeding our village for a while. Yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm looking at. I'm trying to find. I'm pretty sure he mentions the dolphins at some point in the song. He, he does. Call, yeah. He says, oh, yeah, "All the dolphins have moved on." Yeah, signaling the final curtain call in all its atomic pageantry. Yeah, but but yeah. So the song pr- that pretty much sums up the feeling of the song. I think in in that like it's about how the world is pretty much doomed, and everybody is just kind of spending their money to make themselves happy until they die, potentially to nuclear war. Is what it seems like he's uh, alluding to. Yeah. Fireworks display, mind and body blown away. What a radiant crescendo. That sounds... Oh, under the mushroom cloud confetti is the very... Yeah. Is a line in there. Okay, yep. So, very much like a impending nuclear... nuclear. Wow. New, geez, I said Jeremy. it. I said it, and I apologize. I've never said it that way in my life. <laughs> nuclear war. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's a pretty, pretty doom and gloom song with some pretty happy music, which is kind of weird. Yeah, that's the, the original point I think I was maybe trying to make is that I think that's why he did it. It was like, yeah, yeah the dichotomy. Good contrast. I was taking a drink. I wasn't letting that linger intentionally to make you feel bad about what you were saying. Uh, track number six is Talk Talk. I'm not going to segue. We're just going on. We're moving right on. Uh, and this one goes back to the kind of dark piano-driven music. The verse is pretty minimal musically with just the bass and the drums and maybe some like eerie synth effects and stuff. I really like the sound of the bass on this track. Yeah. Uh, he has some great vocal harmonies in this track. Um, the chorus brings in this chuggy guitar and gives it kind of this gritty feel. It's almost tool sounding, but yeah. less abstract rhythmically and, and less like progressive, I guess, yeah. as a lot of tool stuff is. It's definitely the most rocky track thus far on the album. And I really like this track. 
and and at the end there's this lovely like crash and burn with a guitar dive and, and ambience and stuff and I, it's great it's great yeah you definitely hit it because i also uh compared it to tool not like i know i said i didn't really care too much about tool but it's like with the chuggy guitar it definitely yeah. has a tool feel at parts the whole song doesn't feel that way because there's 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 like an ebb and flow throughout mm-hmm. the song but uh yeah whenever it gets to the heavy parts it does feel kind of like tool For but sure. the lyrics because i like i like the lyrics i like the theme of this song a lot and it was i mean it's just something that's always very pertinent it's i very much like the line faith without works is talk without works and i like the way that he blends it together so it sounds like he's saying faith without works is talk so it's like right but then it's talk without works is, is faith, faith and then works. faith without works is dead like it just all it seems like it's separate but then whenever he says it it's all like kind of together but also separate and it's just essentially saying that i mean you can just talk all you want and if you're just hoping something's going to happen because you're talking about it that's just blind faith and faith without actually taking action to help what you're believing in or to act more like what you're believing in it's just nothing yeah and that's that's pretty much the theme of the song yeah where he's like stop just talking about doing shit and actually go and do shit you know so often people give thoughts and prayers to those in need, but much less frequently they'll actually donate or, or volunteer to actually bring about the change that, that they want to see in society. Yeah. And of course he ends it with try walking your talk or get the fuck out of my way. So that's, yeah. So that's it just seems like he's got a plan and he's, yeah. fucking, he's, <laughs> he's doing something. Yeah. He, he's back to eat the elephant. You know, he's like, all right, it's time. It's time to act. Yeah. I, I got, I've, I've made the first step, which is identifying the issue. I'm going to fucking try to get something done here kind of a deal yeah i like it i like the sentiment it's very nice and yeah. uh you know if i man <laughs> <laughs> you sounded so defeated just man like for some reason in my head the next song track number seven <laughs> by and down the river i started to try to make some sort of pun and then in my head all i heard was in a van down by the river. <laughs> in a van by and down the river. Yeah, like, uh, but yeah, by and down the river is the next song, and it's it's got some nice strings on here, like yeah, and some organ. I think it's a, is it an organ? Is it a piano? What's going on there? Because it sounds heavy. It sounds very heavy. I hope and, you're not actually asking me to give you a definite answer because I was not there at the recording of this album. I cannot, I, I cannot assist you there. I don't know, man. He said he had all these notes and all I this. Do. <laughs> I do. I did specifically about, it's fine. We'll just, we're going to keep going. No, okay. Okay. But yeah, so <laughs> Mel- Maynard again has like a great vocal melody going on. Just mm-hmm. th- he, he like sings these little passages almost. And I call them passages because it is, it's just like, a poem or something and he's just like singing these little parts and taking breaks and this song it very much like whenever he's singing it stuff kind of goes down a little bit and then it swells back up whenever he's done and then it goes back down and it swells back it does this like six times or something but every time it kind of builds a little bit more and there's also like in the background this kind of echoey reverby guitar that i just like because his voice it sounds kind of like 
lonely or mysterious or like haunting. And then yeah. the echoey guitar just kind of complements that really well. I agree completely. And I think specifically in this voice or in this track, I noted that his voice is slightly different, I think, than a lot of the other, the rest of the album, where it feels a bit lower and mm-hmm. more dramatic. Also, sidebar, fun fact, the song was actually released way before this album came out. Oh. Uh, as by, It was called Buy and Down. Um, and it was released, I think it's a single that never made it onto an album, and I think he went back to it and kind of like rewrote it and remastered it for this album. Well, I'm glad he did, because I like this song. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's got a guitar solo, too. That yeah, it does. I, I enjoyed. It was pretty cool. Yeah, and then, the one and then, at the end? Yeah, and then yeah. right after that, there's like a, a thumpy building section that leads into the last verse, or the last section, I guess yeah. is, you should say. Or, or passage, that's that's the word you used. Yeah, Trying that's... Keep it. Keep it with you. Hey, I did something cool, and you want to keep it with me? That's nice. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, I just I want to keep it with you because I don't I don't want it to oh, touch me. Yeah, yeah just it's like keep... get that shit out of here. That's terrible. It's <laughs> <laughs> all yeah. you, man. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, lyrically, this one kind of gave me vibes of betrayal. Mm-hmm. He talks about someone revealing bits of themselves that they've been hiding, and now it seems like he doesn't even like recognize them. There's reference to killing the Pied Piper which uh, implies that they're getting away with doing something without having to pay the consequences. You know, they're not paying the Pied Piper. They've they've wronged him or because it's Maynard, they've wronged society and are getting away with murder, so to speak, by like, by, by doing something terrible and then just not having any consequences. I also got the vibe, uh, cause like the Pied Piper leading, what was it? In the story, like, the Pied Piper, like, played his flute and led a bunch of, like, children off to, <laughs> into the forest and killed them, or, like, they died or something. Yeah, I don't know. It's story time. He, the, the Pied Piper was, he was, he had a magical flute, or he he was magical and played through a flute, uh, and he would, he would call the rats away from the city, and people didn't thank him. People didn't pay him. They stopped paying him or, or whatever. They're like, no, fuck you. Like, we're not going to pay you. Like, you, you got rid of all of our rats. So he played his pipe. And he pulled all of the children out of the village and led them to their deaths. There we go. Uh, That's what it so, was. So the, the the phrase like paying the Pied Piper is like owning up to to your mistakes and like dealing with the consequences of of whatever it is you've done, yeah. which you know could lead to your your child's death. <laughs> but hey, it's not your death, so why should you care? <laughs> That's but, America. See, I also <laughs> made the connection as like the Pied Piper is just like playing this magical song but leading children to certain death as a you know his his whole anti-government seems to be like anti-religion or just blind faith policy and i mean i think he quotes a lot of like bible stuff which is fascinating to me for someone who's so like against it but i guess it means that he's like well well read on it he's well studied he he understands it and he has that as ammunition to use against them, I guess. Yeah. Well, there's definitely like, that's the thing. Love it or hate it. Like, I feel like you can't make accurate kind of, I don't know. You can't criticism. Yeah. Criticism there. That's the word I was looking for without at least being knowledgeable of, of it in a way like that's not Joe. you, You don't understand. We're in America. We criticize without any context you know what you're right and that i should just unlearn <laughs> no that's probably not even just an american thing i think it's just a people thing that, yeah. surely that happens everywhere else well, that's, but I, I feel like it's more so it's exacerbated here in america perhaps 
what's it called? Like, it's an actual thing. The Dunning-Kruger effect, is that what it is? Like, the less no you idea. know about something, the more you think you know? or the, But then the more you learn about something, the more you realize that there's so much that you don't know. And I have I f- no fucking clue. So I'm, I'm Googling this right now. The Dunning-Kruger <laughs> effect is a type of cognitive bias in which people believe that they are smarter and more capable than they really are. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Maybe that's, yeah. But yeah, I feel like that's just... Essentially, it goes on, just to to cap this off. Essentially, low-ability people do not possess the skills needed to recognize their own incompetence. (laughs) Throwing some mad shade, but... Well, I don't think I'm incompetent, so what does that say about me? (laughs) Either you aren't incompetent, or you are and you don't know it. So... (laughs) I'm pretty much exactly where I started. Exactly. I learned nothing. (laughs) Didn't we all? Well, you know those moments where you don't learn anything? They're just absolutely delicious. <laughs> Are they, though? I feel like they're, they're pretty hollow and, and meaningless, but yeah, also but track eight is called delicious. I was about to say, Jeremy, the track eight isn't called hollow and meaningless. <laughs> <laughs> it is indeed not called that. It's called delicious. Uh, this one also kind of has the the optimistic music vibe of like so long and thanks for all the fish Mm -hmm. and honestly this one kind of sounds like a pretty boring rock song to me it's not nearly as interesting as the dark and ominous pianos on the rest of the album i feel like this could literally just be a filter song which i don't know filter like the band filter or yeah okay yeah (laughs) (laughs) which maybe is a bit of a stretch for a lot of people musically but it, it felt like it fit I don't hate filter, but I mean, I don't know. Neither do I, but it's, it's a different, it's, I don't know. It feels completely out of place on this album. They did. Hey man, nice shot, right? Yeah. Okay. That's the one song everyone knows by. Oh no. What was the other song? Nobody knows. (laughs) Let go my airplane. Let go my airplane. That song. I have no idea. I've, I've heard like five filter songs and they all sound the same to me. Outside of Hey Man, Nice Shot. So. Whatever that song is, listen to it, because I actually really like that song. But back right. to this album. Right. <laughs> back to this song. Uh, yeah, I don't know, like around two and a half minutes, like a little string part comes in for about yes. 15 seconds. Yes, and it's, it's pretty I cool. did call from, that out. From then on, the song's better, I think. I agree. I, I Yeah, there's like this nice break that has the strings and the acoustic guitar. But it still feels so out of place on this album. Yeah. And I think I, I like every other song on this album so much more that that contrast wasn't really a good thing for me. Yeah. Um, I, I do think I like the song lyrically. Perhaps relating to the prior song, it, it seems like the person maybe finally did pay the price for wronging people. Uh, the song seems to be about kind of reveling in the justice that was doled out. I especially like the first verse where, it, and it just I don't know if it's his delivery on it. Or, or just the, the implications of it, but it says how inconvenient and unexpected and harrowing for you as consequences tend to be for the rest of us. So delicious to witness your dread poetic justice consummate. And it's just like, I, I just the way he says like how inconvenient and unexpected and harrowing for you as consequences tend to be. And he's like saying, like, oh, I'm sorry you didn't expect consequences, but <laughs> that's what happens. I definitely want somebody to show up. The next time I witness some like instant karma or something, somebody yeah. and just like his accent to just be like, "Oh, how inconvenient and un- and harrowing for you." That's cool. 
system to be. <laughs> yeah, it's so like I, I guess it is the delivery. It's just kind of like so pretentious in a way, but also like yeah, fuck you. I don't know what yeah. you expected to happen. I love it. Uh, it's so nice. It is. It is just delicious. Like that is exactly is. the word for that feeling. <laughs> There's so many times where I'm just like on. Yes, I use Reddit, people. Jeez. Oh, everyone, look them up. There's so. There's so many times where I'm on there and I'm on like instant karma or something. <laughs> yeah, in, like, instant regret. Like, yeah, Watch people die inside. Yeah. Or especially like the ones with like kids where they don't actually get hurt, but like <laughs> yeah. you, you can tell they're learning a lesson because it's just right. a kid being an asshole, like a kid who doesn't know social cues does right. because they, they, they don't understand consequences. Yeah. And then just something like a dog kicks them or something because they were <laughs> messing with the dog's tail and they're just like, what? Yeah. And you're like, yeah, kid, don't mess <laughs> with that dog. <laughs> Q-, Q Maynard saying how inconvenient and unexpected <laughs> and harrowing for you as consequences tend to be. Oh my God. <laughs> Maybe I just need to get that on the soundboard and just keep it handy. <laughs> so anytime that happens in real life, I can play it. Yes, please do. If you don't, I will. And it'll be, it'll be good. <laughs> Maybe we'll just both do it to each other. Maybe it's just going to be a meme on on the show now we'll we'll have a soundboard set up and when, when something stupid happens on the show we'll just push the button and it'll play that you know that'd be pretty sweet and yeah. uh I, I... yep dlb <laughs> <laughs> yep dlb what? so dlb is track number nine right yes track that is nine. correct okay. you're, you're good on numbers okay oh my god you, but... you're so worried since the one time you fucked up <laughs> I, dude, I'm telling you, I will remember it for the rest of my life. I'll be hopefully like 70 and uh, real like remembering it and be like, ah, man, I got numbers wrong that one time. Now Ooh. it's on the internet forever and everybody thinks I'm an idiot. <laughs> well, how inconvenient and unexpected <laughs> and harrowing for you. Uh, yeah, DLB, track nine, it's uh, kind of this musical interlude. This one immediately has this kind of like crushed and defeated and ominous vibe. Mm-hmm. Kind of like the baddie in a movie was wronged and now he's plotting his revenge on the world. They laughed at him and they're going to pay kind of kind of a thing. Uh, also, apparently DLB stands for don't look back. Oh, okay. I, yeah, I had no idea what it stood for. But I kind of got the feeling that like this was from the point of view of the person who just got their karmic retribution in the last right. song. And they're like, hmm. It was inconvenient and unexpected <laughs> and harrowing. <laughs> As consequences apparently tend to be. <laughs> I wouldn't know. I've never heard of these consequences. <laughs> but yeah, I saw someone on Genius said that it was "Don't Look Back" because this separates some of the prior tracks, which are always bring, that, which all seem to bring up some social issue of some sort. And then the rest of the album, which is allegedly him solving or having proposing solutions for these. I don't necessarily agree with that because I feel like some of the prior tracks like Talk Talk and like Eat the Elephant are kind of giving solutions to those things instead of just bringing up issues. And furthermore, I think some of the song, the next upcoming songs are kind of also just pointing out issues kind of thing. So I, I don't know if that was his intent. With saying don't look back meaning like okay like that that's past now we're moving forward kind of a thing or if he just wanted to separate these next three tracks just immediately when i hear don't look back in that context i don't think it's a separation i 
think it's just like reaffirmation as to what he's saying in the very first song where it's just he's talking about you just need to do it just go ahead and do it and yeah he's just continuing and saying don't look back whenever you do it but also maybe he's kind of like tongue-in-cheek and saying like no don't look back don't learn from history like he you just had poke justice served to you yeah. and like no like you, you need to learn from something and maybe he's just being cheeky and saying like no don't look back don't don't learn from this like be, be an American and keep going yeah. forward, and this is going to happen again, and I'm going to laugh just like I, I did prior, just in the last track. I'll remind clear, you how inconvenient and unexpected and harrowing it is. To be clear, we are shitting on America a lot, rightfully so. I'm not going to, I'm not going to make <laughs> apologies, but just know that the rest of the world is not safe. It's from true. Their own hubris. It's true. We are just a great example of it. <laughs> and and we are Americans, so this is the context in which we live. Yeah. Uh, also, I am grateful. There, there are a lot of worse places that we could we could live. Yeah. We, we have comfortable lives, and I'm, I'm not selling that short by shitting on America. But I don't think that's America. I don't think America did that for us. Is the, is, that's true. I think it's very true. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, America. You didn't birth me. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> And even if you did, you didn't control the rest of my life, at least not in the right ways. Control the rest of my life in all the shitty ways where you're like, hey, don't do this, don't do this. If you don't do this right, you're going to be literally thrown in jail and have to pay a lot of money that you don't have for the rest of your life. Yeah, and you'll just be watching the, the, the sand fall in the hourglass until you die. Hoping it falls quicker, actually. Indeed. Like track number 10. This one's got uh, an ominous low rumbling. I really like this track a lot. It like, I don't know. It's got that low rumbling and it's got these anxious synths that make you feel like you're immediately in danger. The drums come in and they're perfect and snappy. And like there, there's a lot of weird vocal effects going on and this low droning synth. I really love the aesthetic that he, that he's painting in this song with the music. His voice is notably different in this track. There's a few layers of his voice, but he's also kind of singing and pronouncing things in a weird way. And also his voice is being passed through some like weird filtering and stuff. And I don't know. It's just, it's, it's a fun song to listen to. It's, it's, it's very like, I don't want to say it's catchy, but it's, it's very interesting to me to listen to it. Yeah. I think this song goes a different direction. Like how you talk about, uh, what was it? Delicious went a different direction right. in the wrong way. I think this song goes a different direction in the right way. And I it's agree. like, he's almost rapping at parts, like in the yeah. verses. Like, I, I know, like, that's like, I don't know. Anybody who sings fast isn't rapping, but like, I, I think mean, he, he actually he gives it kind of like a hip hop. Yeah. And whatever happens, like the bit crushed vocoder eyes thing that he does yeah. in the chorus, is just, it's really nice. And I like it, but even more than the music, I like, once again, the lyrical content Mm -hmm. or what the song is about, because it seems to be about how time is pointless because all of these issues have just always been happening. Mm -hmm. Like all the issues we're having now have been happening forever and people have been looking and looking for solutions and nothing ever gets done about them. Right. It's, it's very much like, I don't know, he, he brings it back to political systems and he's kind of like saying like, hey, look, all of these will inevitably break down and fail 
we're doomed. There's not like, there's no way for us to get out of this. There's no hope left. Like everything we've tried and everything we will try is, is just going to break down the course. He says like aristocrat breaks down too, Timocrat breaks down too, oligarch breaks down too, Republicat, Republicrat breaks down too. <laughs> I can't even say that fucking made up word, <laughs> but he's just saying like all of these political philosophies are just like, there, there are holes in them. There's, there's no perfect system. And we've like, we've spent so much time trying to maybe not even trying it. I mean, honestly, a lot of this album's kind of implying that nobody's trying to fix it, but there, there's, there don't seem to be any good options in his opinion, at least. Yeah. And you know, I love me some nihilism, some, <laughs> some cynicism, I guess would be a better word. Yeah. Uh, fun fact. I, I know you didn't look at the genius or you said you weren't looking at the genius stuff. But apparently the chorus that I just recited saying, talking about aristocrats, democrats, oligarchs, whatever, it's pretty much verbatim Plato's five regimes as, as a concept proposed in one of his books, which uh, he in, in the book are described as aristocracy, which is defined as the rule by the wise, democracy defined by rule by honor, oligarchy defined by rule by wealth and land ownership, democracy or anarchy defined as the rule by the many and then the final one that's not mentioned by maynard is tyranny which is obviously the most degenerated and the, the least free system so it kind of like it, it kind of gives you the sense of like every system breaks down to the point where the only remaining option is tyranny which obviously isn't the good solution <laughs> that is the opposite of the desired outcome but there's not really anything to do but that that can save us from this because it, it seems inevitable. It definitely makes sense that there's no hope left in this in the hourglass then. Yeah. I thought it was pretty interesting. He's a, apparently a very well read person, which I kudos to him. I wish yeah. I was well read, but I don't I wish I was, books. <laughs> I wish I was well read and actually retained any of the information. Yeah. <laughs> like I could read everything. I'm an, I'm not gonna remember any of this tomorrow. Like I spent yeah. a week listening to this album and re, like looking at stuff and listening to lyrics. It's tomorrow. okay. We, we we remember biblical stories that were ingrained in our child. Yeah, or in our childhood, in our in our into our brains, and we we bring them up when referencing lyrics on albums like this. So there we go. At least that stuck, I guess. <laughs> yeah, at least that stuck. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> of all the things that could have stuck. Uh. Yeah. But yeah, it, I don't know. He talks about all uh, all the warning signs that that are, that are gone or or ignored or destroyed. Like he says, red flag, red. All the sentinels are damned. The Tokyo Kitty, Swallow, Rose, and Canary. Those are all various like warning signs of natural disasters or or whatever. You know, the canary in the coal mine kind of a thing. So like, I don't know. It, it's it seems like he's pointing a finger at us as a society saying like, no, like we've just ignored all of these warning signs. We're doomed. Nothing that we're going to do is, is going to fix this. Oh, wait. So I have, I have genius pulled up and yes, he does own a winery. (laughs) (laughs) Cause that was, that was relevant to the conversation we were having. (laughs) But so the warning signs, he references a rose. And if you plant roses near grapes, roses die faster than grapes. So Uh, if the soil's bad, the roses die, and you know that you need to fix the soil before the grapes die. Boom. 
wineries, man. What a fucking wine guy. And apparently, his his winery is called Caduceus Cellars. Wow. So, that's that's cool. That's exciting. That references Taliesin that I referenced earlier. <laughs> Caduceus? 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 I don't know. I'm saying Caduceus because... It does. Who fucking knows? Not yeah. me. I don't know either. And honestly, I don't know how to how to go into track 11, but, uh, well, because the, he mentions all the various warning size, you know, the Tokyo kitty swallow the roses, the diapers and the canary in the coal mine. And what, what, what do canaries have? Uh, beaks. Feathers, Joey. It was right there in front of you. (laughs) Track number 11's feathers. You knew it was coming. You're doing it to spite me. And I don't appreciate it. I have my reasons. <laughs> the fuck is that supposed to mean, Joey? Do we have some beef that that's unresolved that we that I don't know about? Let's air our shit right here on the podcast. <laughs> Track <No>. number eleven, <clears throat> feathers. It, it's got some like some bright sounding guitar and some pounding drums with this light bass and piano company. Everything kind of falls away as his vocals come in, which he does a lot on this album, as we've discussed, and I mm-hmm. like it every time he does it. Um, track kind of ballady in a way the verses are split up by these guitar and musical sections at first and then they kind of get blended in uh, to the verses as well I like the guitar solo on this track it's it's a pretty okay track I just like that I get to use the word vibey for the first time <laughs> <laughs> is that the first time we've said vibey tonight? I think it I is think, I think it is and uh, it's a, definitely the first time I've said it or else I, yeah. I feel like I would have pointed it out at some point right right but, Hashtag uh, vibe check. Woo! This song is, is, is a thing is vibe do? check to me. I don't know. I, I think so. I've heard vibe check before. Yeah, I feel like it's, it's a thing. That's probably a thing people say. We're not <laughs> old men. We're hip. We're we're hip cats, you know. We're hip cats. Getting down with the with the cool kids. Turn it down with the wild guy. I don't even know what that is. Yeah, well that, that's from uh Tim, Tim, Jim, Tim. why is he Tim? Jim Henson's The Labyrinth with David Bowie. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, there we go. <laughs> so that's how hip I am. <laughs> Referencing an 80s movie with David Bowie. Dude, David Bowie's cool, though. He is, and he was cooler when he was alive. I yeah, that's, I mean, he's still cool, though. His memory... Yeah, he left us a lot of good shit. Yeah, he is an icon and therefore never dies. That's true. Ex- I mean... Not to discount the fact that he has he's passed dead. away and it's sad. Yeah. <laughs> like, but... <laughs> not saying that he's not dead, but he's not dead. <laughs> oh my but yeah, God. The, the song lyrically feathers, uh, it seems a bit more metaphorical than a lot of the songs, maybe just to me. It, it seems like he's talking about how sadness weighs everyone down. And he kind of casts this hope that through opening up with each other and sharing more with each other can lead to this lifting of, of the burden of sadness, kind of allowing everyone to prosper. Kind of like this, uh, no, I'm not going to get economical, but yeah, it, it's just <laughs> like this, this, this feeling of like, I'll, I'll air my shit. You air your shit. We'll realize that we have more in common and we can work to solve these problems together instead of just being isolated and angry at each other. Yeah. Or at least not feel so alone. Right. And, Cause you were uh, never an Island. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I can't remember if I referenced it before or after we started recording, but I'm just going to go ahead and set it, say it anyways. This song is why I had referenced a big 
black octopus of anxiety gripping yeah. onto my organs earlier. I, I think it was before, actually. I think, because, I think it was as well. But we were talking about our pre-show anxiety. Well, I, we don't get anxious before the show. We just do it. This is natural, man. Nothing is natural, Jeremy. In this world <laughs> that we live in, full of air conditioning, we're looking at TV screens that have been made out of minerals mined from other countries. Yeah, how could, tra- it be more, how could it be more natural than that? Because how do, how do they get over here, Jeremy? How what's, do humans... What's the, say, what's the saying? A, a, a CPU and a computer is just a, a rock that we fold into to thinking with <laughs> lightning or with electricity? Like, If that were entirely true, I'd feel better about it all. <laughs> but this, the, the, this song the, resonated neither with here me nor there. due to the fact that, that, I don't know, the album cover is an octopus. That is how I've previously... You know what? I'm just going to go ahead and say it. I've been to therapy before. And I've previously <laughs> described uh, anxiety as mm-hmm. exactly that, a black octopus gripping my organs, and it feels like it will not let up. And the feathers are what I've always been striving for to get rid of that octopus, turn that octopus into something that can float away. I like that. And it's I very, like very, thank you for sharing that. It's 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 not something that, that obviously we, we joke about a lot of shit, but like... Yeah. It's, 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 it's not a bad thing to go to therapy. It's, it's a great thing to go to therapy, I think. And I think more people should do it. And I think anxiety is super relatable. So yeah. the fact that you're talking about it, like, hopefully, if someone ever listens to, to a podcast, <laughs> they'll find some comfort or some, some solace knowing that at least they're not the only one that feels that way. And they'll, they'll agree. Yeah. I, I don't know what you're talking about, though, because I'm never anxious at all. Uh, <laughs> I'm a flawless hu- human being who has no issues and feels no octopi, octopuses. I, I think that's the technical proper. Uh, I feel like it's octopi. Is, is, I think it's octopuses. I'm pretty what? sure. I'm or pretty maybe sure. it's both. Well, is it both? Yeah. It's, I mean, it's language. We, we discussed this, I think, last week. Where yeah. Words, words or whatever. Cause, yeah, because we were talking about pe- pecans and, and pecans. Pecans. Yeah. As long as someone's getting the meaning, it doesn't fucking matter. Oh my god, I just looked it up, and literally the first sentence that I read was, while octopi has become popular in modern usage, it's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. I guess it's time to get the let out and change yourself. Octopuses. That just sounds weird. Yeah, well, deal with it. You're just a little child that's afraid of saying octopussy because James Bond did it first. That's a decent movie. But yeah, yeah. we do need to get the let out. Is that what you said? That's what you said at one point. That is, think, that right? is what I said because we're over <laughs> overtime, as I knew we would be. But it's fine. We're we're almost done. We're on the home yeah. stretch. We're gonna get yeah. the let out with track number twelve called "Get the Let Out." I really fucking love this track, Joey. Dude, I really fucking love this track. Oh my it's god, great! It it starts with some like simple piano that gets built upon with some bass and some really like chill drums. It, it reminds me a lot of the National, which is a band that has like a lot of chill piano driven. Mm-hmm stuff um it also kind of ties back to eat the elephant musically there's some kind of like musical tie-ins and, and similar chord structures and stuff that kind of perhaps reflect on where we started and the idea of like like we we said it's taking that first step mm-hmm. it's it's getting started with it uh the piano stops and some like warbling synth washes in and out taking with it the bass and the drums until it's just a hi-hat and Maynard comes in saying chit, chat, chit, chat. <laughs> it's like, it's so good. You, you hear like 
like muted ukulele strings, but then it's actually just like a record scratching everything, yeah. kind of like reversing it, and then it cuts, and you just get this boom of this fucking drum coming in with this plucked string violin sound kind of a thing, and the snappy snare, and it just it's got such a good groove to it. And there's like a lot of layers going on, but it's also super not layered and simple, if that makes any sense. It makes sense to me. It's just like, God, I fucking love it. Just musically, I love the song. I could, like, this song is the longest on the album. I think it's almost seven minutes long. It's like six and a half, six forty-five. But I could do, I could do for about another four, four or five minutes of just the music even. Yeah. It's just it's good, like, and then like adding in his vocals because there are a couple layers of his vocals and different effects and stuff that happen. That it's like for most for a lot of it, it's kind of like distant and distorted and underneath the music. And then you hear him singing in like a higher melody, get the let out. And then there's like a distant, a more distant kind of subdued thing where he says, "Suck it up, Buttercup." And then there's this like low pitch shifted slash morph thing going. We've got places to be, oh my kind God. of a thing, and it's just like, oh, I fucking love that. It's so good. Just listen to the song if you're not going to listen to this album. I fucking yeah. love it. Yeah, for real. Also, also listen to this album though. Yeah, because I feel like the song it is great, but as we've talked about earlier or on earlier episodes, we've talked about it a lot. I feel like mm-hmm. you have to experience this as the final song on the album for right. it to really, really hit the to, way to the, the punch. Yeah, but you know, that could just be me being some elitist asshole. Just listen to the song if you want to. I mean, Joey, look, we have a podcast where we just give our opinions about music. Like, if, if that's that that's our standard is elitist asshole is <laughs> explaining music to people and why it's good music. And so why our opinions I, I'm, matter. I'm over it. Yeah, I'm over it. If people are listening to this for our opinions. So if they get upset that we're giving them our opinion, then they can get fucked. Uh, but so... The thing, I, I know you already went over it, and you did it all swimmingly, but that opening piano, yeah, it sounds like it's fucking melting, dude. Like, it, <laughs> it slowly becomes, like, more and more out of tune, mm-hmm. and I just love that, and it just gets more and more out of tune until it breaks into the rest of the song, and, like, man, when that... So they're like, there's the record scratch, but then whenever that first bass drum kicks and the whole yeah. song kind of just like flips, it's so good. It's just, ah, uh, ah, uh, it's so it's nice. Like, like a bomb goes off and it's just like, but it's, it's not noise. Yeah. It's like normally when there's that kind of a breakdown and it's kind of a big sound bringing it back, there's a lot of layers and a lot of noise, but it's just this drum kit and the fucking plucked strings. And it's just, it's so minimal, but so powerful. It's just, I don't know. I fucking yeah. love it. I've said that like 10 times already for the song, but I, I do. And I agree. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And and lyrically, this one's kind of like a rallying cry to, to get a, get the fucking let out, get a move on. You know, shit needs to be done. He's yeah. been bitching this whole album out about how fucked up the world is. And this is him kind of saying like, it's time to stop talking about the issues and start working on fixing them, which it, it kind of makes us full circle of an album where you have eat the elephant encouraging you to take the first step, which is talking or connecting, which is mentioned in like disillusion and feathers and talk, talk. And then talk, talk comes in saying, it's okay. It's fine to talk about the shit, but you got to back it up with action. And then this song is kind of like the final sentiment of like, no more wasting time, get to work yeah. kind of a deal. 
it's definitely a kick in the pants version of uh, the Rally Cry. Yeah, I fucking, I love it. Obviously, you love this album. Maybe, maybe not as much as I do. Maybe as much as I do. How, how do you feel overall? Overall, I would actually listen to this album a lot, and I'm going to. In fact, okay. next week while we're listening to our album, I'm still going to be listening <laughs> to this album. That's but, awesome. uh, I'm, I'm glad to have that impact because, like, like I said, I, this album and the experience associated with the album of seeing them live was just like an incredible experience. This album's always going to have a special place in my in my mind and in my musical rotation. But uh, I'm glad that, that you have a, a similar sentiment with it. What are we listening to next week, though? Um, next week, the band is Soil Work. The album is The Panic Broadcast. And it's an album that, like... So this album had a big impact on you. That album is... It had a really big impact on me, and I will go over more of that Ooh. next week. We get to but, know Joey a little bit next week, ladies and gentlemen. Oh my god! And peel back some layers of the panic and anxiety that Joey is exhibiting. <laughs> I I don't know if that's actually what's happening. I don't I don't know a lot of Joey's personal stuff. Like we don't we don't talk a lot about that stuff. Not that we're like hiding it, yeah. but it just never comes up, right? Not yeah, it's just so. I don't know. It's just not stuff that I ever talk about ever. Really, yeah. I didn't I, even like. I don't know. I don't I even talk like about it with people that. who are like in my house. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I totally get that. Like, I don't, I don't know if it's it's if it's a generational thing or if it's just us or like I don't know. I feel like I don't open up a lot to most of my friends. Like even my yeah. closest friends, like, we don't we don't just discuss that shit. We we all have fun and we, we enjoy each other's company and we have hobbies that we share and we yeah. talk about a lot of shit, but personal stuff doesn't usually come up. Yeah. Unless something's horribly wrong, I guess. Yeah. And then it's like, well, you can't really avoid it. <laughs> so. Right. <laughs> yeah. Next week, maybe we get to dip into a little bit more real talk with Joey and find out maybe, maybe some, maybe I'm just blowing this up too much. And Joey was just like, no, like I, I smoked a bowl and it was fucking. <laughs> but, I mean, I'm not going to say that didn't happen, but <laughs> you're also not entirely wrong with your first, first assumption. So cool. Next week, soil work, the panic broadcast, we'll be listening to it and talking about it next week. Uh, until then you guys can find us on the social medias, hit us up. Let us know if this album resonated with you all. I know it's kind of a, a rough, scary time in America with all of the, the politics happening, and maybe this album could trigger some shit if you're uh, easily triggered by that kind of thing. But uh, it was not intentional, and uh, I think it's good to talk about that shit. So hit us up, Twitters, Facebooks, Instagrams, uh, slide into my DMs somewhere. Is that a thing? I think that's the thing uh, kids say. Is that, slide into your DMs. is that a Twitter thing? I don't know. <sighs> I don't know. I don't know. Stay in our feedback group. Bye.